Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Embrace Church. So grateful that you have chosen to come here to respond to the Lord's invitation to be with him and worship him this morning. Grateful that we can do that together in this space. We're going to start off by singing Holy, Holy, Holy. You are welcome to stand if you would like to stand with us. You can sit if that is a better posture for you. Just want you to find freedom in worship this morning. So let's first hear a call to worship from Isaiah 57, 15. For this is what the High and Exalted One says, He who lives forever, whose name is holy. I live in a high and holy place, but also with the one who is contrite and lowly in spirit, to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite.
Amen. Amen. Good morning. You all may be seated. So beautiful. Um, so I'm Tanya Torp. I'm one of the associate pastors here. And I just want to welcome you all, especially welcoming those online that have kept going with us for a very long time. But those of you that are new with us or joining us this morning, welcome from Embrace. We are such a great family to belong to, and we're glad that you're here this morning. Um, I just want to mention a couple of things for visitors, too. There are some um, comment cards or connect cards that are in the pews in front of you, and we would just love to connect with you. We'd love to hear a little bit about you, um, or if you have a prayer request that you want to leave on those comment cards, we have a prayer team that uh, is dutiful in keeping your prayers confidential and praying together every week. If you um, would like to also separately, those of you who don't have a, a Connect card in front of you, if you'd like to email us, it's a, the email address is prayer at embraceyourcity.com. That's prayer at embraceyourcity.com. I also want to mention that we do have, for your convenience, some giving boxes. There's one in the back and one in the front if you want to continue in your worship and giving. Uh, for all of the amazing worship and the things that we do in this community, um, when you walk up in the front, you get to see all the ministries that we support and the ways that we love on our community and one another. So if you'd love to support that, the giving boxes are there for your convenience. Uh, I also want to encourage you that there is an announcement sheet like when you first walk in, first in the front and in the back, but it's shows a little bit about our food pantry and suitcase donations that are coming up. So we'd love to, for you to get involved a little bit more in that. We also have a Facebook page for Embrace that is a private page where you can post things on that page, and we post those items there as well so that you can learn more about us. Also want to mention that the youth group is returning. It resumes this week, Wednesday at 6 p.m. You could cheer for that because the youth are pretty amazing. It's great for the youth to come together. Uh, we have a, a thriving youth ministry here that is full of people who are just hungry for more of the Lord. And so excited. And they have a, a really good time too, right? They have a lot of fun. Um, and then I want to also mention that there is no Wonder Room today. And there won't be Wonder Room all month. But we have some new activities in the back. So if you've been back there to do some activities, we have even more back there. We've revamped it. It's pretty amazing. And there is an all-ages coloring activity back there. So if you would like to go back there and color, anybody can go back there and color. There's a lot for you to be able to do back there. Um, I just want to, again, just welcome you and so, so glad that you're here. Um, I would like to pray for us for just a moment, and then I'll pass it over to Pastor Christina. <clears throat> Father, I thank you that we are gathered today. And all of us have different joys and different needs, different things that we've brought in with us, but I pray that we do not leave unchanged. I pray that we can center in on you today, that you would be with those bringing the word and the worship, but especially incline our ears to hear more of you, that we would hear you, that we would act upon it, that we would feel your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, well, if you do not yet know me, I would love to meet you. My name is Christina, and I'm one of our associate pastors as well. And it's such an honor to be able to lead worship this morning with these great ladies up here. Um, and I, because I am leading worship today, have the ability to pick songs I really love. And so we're going to do a few new songs that some of you may know. I know Julie's going to sing strong. Yep. And they might be new to others of you. And these songs are pretty much the soundtrack of my recent sabbatical. So I've been back for a couple weeks, but I was gone for a month of Sundays um, before that. Um, every three years here, each of your pastors on staff is given the gift of a sabbatical. 
because we believe that rest is an important part of discipleship. Um, we are not made to go, go, go. We are made to rest and to have periods where we step back and allow God to refresh and renew us. And so I am so grateful for that gift. And I'm coming back to you after that gift, wanting to share some of um, just the goodness of God that I experienced. And so these songs um, that we're going to do, we're just going to keep them going, three right in a row. And each of them proclaims a central truth about God. Um, we talk a lot about his goodness in these songs. And also that our response to that goodness is that we can trust him. And so I just want to say a word just kind of about the type of songs that these are. You know, we just sang a hymn together, and we're going to sing another one later. And hymns are fantastic connections to the history of our faith, and we need to keep singing them. But these are more contemporary choruses, and they're really repetitive. And sometimes we wonder, are they repetitive because the songwriters ran out of words? Like, did they just not have enough ideas? And I want to tell you today that that's not the case, at least not here with these songwriters. I know them and like them a lot. Not personally, anyway. So the whole point of singing these repeated phrases of truth is that this is the music version of breath prayer. And for those of you who haven't heard me talk about breath prayer before, that's surprising because I gush about it a lot. But breath prayer is basically talking to God, calling him a name that we connect with on the inhale and asking him for something we need on the exhale. And we do it over and over. And the idea is that it settles our body to breathe, but also that we're giving words to our spirit so that even when we're not consciously praying those words anymore, our spirit carries on the prayer. And so these songs this morning give us those repetitive kernels of truth. And we're going to sing them this morning. And if you don't know them and you haven't caught on, you can just let us sing them over you. You can let those kernels of truth just wash over you this morning so that even when we're not consciously singing them together anymore later, our spirit can carry on that prayer. Our hearts can hold on to those kernels of truth. And that can be sustenance for us. That can be strength for us as we go throughout our week. So I invite you, as you catch on, or if you know these, please sing along. And if you just need to be sung over this morning, we are singing over you in this space, but God is always singing over you. Scripture tells us that. God delights over us with singing. So if you need that image this morning, that as we're singing over you, God delights over you with singing, then just accept that gift this morning.
deepest of depths, highest of heights, your love it chases us. No matter where we've been, no matter what we've done, we can't escape your love. And we Though we pass through the fire, or we pass through the flood, you will be with us. Though we walk through the valley, the darkest of night, your love will be our light. And when we
that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust and am not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Oh 
Amen and amen and amen. We're supposed to move on to a time of sharing gratitude and lament, but I wouldn't be any kind of pastor if I didn't acknowledge what's happening in this room right now and what's happening online, seeing all the comments. Um, I'm going to have you all sing that part again about not holding anything back. And I want you all, I want to challenge you, what are you holding back from God today? And what does he need from you? What are you holding back from him? And what do you need to lay down? Because he's ready to take it. I'm going to have them sing that part again, and I'm going to ask you to lay it down before him. I'm not holding anything back. I'm not holding anything back. I'm not holding anything back from you. I'm not holding anything back. I'm not holding anything back. I'm not holding anything. 
God, we just come before you in repentance, really, from holding back those things that you just want to take, from picking up heavy suitcases that you asked us to lay down, and we just keep picking them up again. from past hurts and bitterness that we just can't seem to let go of to giving you our dreams and our hopes and watching you dazzle with them. Lord, we just come to you and lay it down. It is not too big for you. It is not too mundane for you. It is not the oppression Olympics where somebody else's problem is bigger than my problem. All of it matters to you, God. We lay it at your feet this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So I have enough faith to believe that people laid some stuff down this morning, so that feels good. So can we get a cheer for that? Because some people just laid some stuff down. Love it, love it. So um, this is my favorite part of the service. I always say this, and John always says, you know, some of you don't like it because you have to talk to people. But um, I love it when we get to talk to our neighbor and share what our gratitudes are and what our laments are. This community does not shy away from lamenting. We do not shy away from the hard stuff out there. Uh, But we also want to be joyful in the things that we can be joyful. But you don't have to pretend in this place. So I will ask you to just share with folks around you, just grab even somebody that you don't know, introduce yourself first, um, and then share a gratitude and a lament with them. So go for it, and I'll come back and get us all together. Those of you online, I want to see them in the comments, because I'm going to share those with us as well. Thank you.
All right. Let's just take another few seconds to finish up our conversation. All right, welcome back, welcome back. I know it's hard, it's my favorite part. I love it so much. I'm gonna gather us back so we can hear from our neighbors that are online, our friends, our um, people we love that are online. The first thing that I wanna share gratitude with is that Chris Atkins, our former worship pastor, is online watching us right now. So shout out to you, Chris. We love you, we miss you so much. Uh, yeah, we're getting some shouts, Chris. I don't know if you can hear it, but you're getting some shouts. Um, Rachel Breckenridge shares, and like others do in the comments, we have a home in Floyd County that was damaged in the flood. I've been so stressed and anxious this week. I so needed these worship songs this morning. God knew this. He put me right where I needed to be to hear them, trusting him with my whole heart. Um, then we also have Amanda O'Callaghan, who is in Honduras right now. Um, she said at first that she would love to be in this room to feel the spirit, but they feel the same spirit where she's at is what she said. So that was awesome. So we're glad for her to be with us. Uh, Nancy Gladney Heiner says, praises for the incredible music this morning. Thank you. Dan shares, uh, con continuing to lament for the challenges faced by our brothers and sisters in flood-stricken eastern Kentucky. My praise is for the way outside groups have responded to his call to generosity and providing relief. Uh, Sue Crone shares lamenting the continued issues, issues with the rain and the flooding in our state, praising God that we never have to face hard times alone and grateful for a loving, supportive church family. Ms. Sonda Coleman shares prayers for the entire Eastern Kentucky, uh, entire Eastern Kentucky during this time. Also prayers for everyone who will be returning to school uh, yes, I want to give uh, a love to our educators in the room. Raise your hand if you're an educator. We love you all so much. You're preparing to return. Thank you so much for everything you do. We'll be praying for you, for sure. Um, and then Amanda O'Callaghan also shares, we have seen God in some incredible, tangible ways in the past few weeks. Our sweet student, Dulce, who many of you have been praying for, is home from the hospital, and our new lawyer has been an amazing advocate for our foster daughter, I'm weepy with gratitude this morning. Scott Heiner shares, Christina, thank you for leading us so gently to the throne room of the Father. Wow, just wow. And Deb Kimmerer, uh, Kimbler Singleton says, we are celebrating 40 years of marriage tomorrow. Whoa, Deb and Chip, we love y'all. Now that's a praise and a testimony to God's grace in our lives. Grateful that I am starting to feel better health-wise. Praise God for that. Continuing to lift our brothers and sisters in eastern Kentucky up and grateful for, the, for their hearts. So uh, I also want to share, Summer shared earlier in the beginning, she was uh, during one of the songs that was talking about water. She was really thinking about those who are suffering right now. And I want to share that about... Um, Less than 24 hours before the flooding started in Eastern Kentucky, I was in Hindman at a writer's workshop, 
and where my car was parked, everyone lost their cars, uh, and I had just left um, right before that. And so I've been uh, operating on trying to send as much relief as possible. Right now, what people are asking for in Heinemann and a couple of other places are tools. All the tools are washed away. They're trying to fix things that they can fix. So see me if you have some tools that you want to share. I will make sure that they get there. Um, continue just love and lifting up our, our friends and family and those that are just in eastern Kentucky and southwestern Virginia and other places in the country that are uh, affected by floods. So thank you so much for sharing your gratitudes and laments this morning. Thank you, Pastor Tanya. I have the honor of inviting Brian Langlands to come up this morning. Will you give him a welcome as he comes? Thank you. So Brian is the chaplain at Georgetown College, which is real close by, and he has been a friend of Embrace and also my friend for uh, many years now. He has spoken um, with us probably about once a year, you know, give or take a pandemic in there somewhere. But he is always such a joy to have with us. Um, he has a true spirit of humility, for those of you who don't know him. And I always feel like when I've been in Brian's presence, I have experienced the joy of the Lord because it just radiates from him. So I know this morning that he has already allowed this word to live in him, and that is a great reason for us to posture ourselves to receive it from him. And so I want to invite you to join me as we just pray over him and the word that he's going to share. Gracious Father, we just thank you so much for this time to be in your house and to be together, to know that we are family because you have called us that. You have put us together and made us belong, and God, we don't take that for granted. We thank you for what you have done already this morning in our hearts, and God, I just pray that you would continue to help our hearts to be open and to be soft enough to respond. God, I thank you for Brian, for the investment that he has made preparing this word for us, for the way that you are Lord of his life, and for the partnership of your Holy Spirit as he comes to speak before us now. I just pray, Lord, that you would help us to, to hear and to take hold of the message that you have for us from Brian today. And, Lord, that you would let all else fall away. We pray, come, Holy Spirit, come. And it's in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Oh, such, a, such a blessing. Thank you for those very kind words, uh, Christina. It is a joy uh, to be with you all today. Uh, I'm, I want to echo the words that uh, Pastor Tanya shared online of uh, the person who uh, was thanking uh, you, Christina, and musicians for leading us this morning. And I was just reminded, it, it connected when you said you just come back from, uh, from sabbatical recently. And just that the reminder that, that what I heard testified in those comments is that through your ministry this morning, you and the Lord were able to provide rest for people. And I'm just reminded that that, that truth that what the Lord wants to do through us uh, the Lord first wants to do in us, and so I'm grateful that what the Lord has been doing uh, in you and with you through your sabbatical. It's an honor to be here again with you. I, I feel so humbled to be standing in this spot sharing with you today to have received that invitation. Uh, when I look back over uh, the past several weeks and months of those who have preached here at Embrace, uh, Christina, and John, uh, Greg, uh, Gallagher also, uh, Tanya and Justin and, and Rick, I mean, to me, you know, those are just all stars of servant leadership and, and gospel ministry, and so it, it's a real honor for me to be able to be here, to be invited to share with you all today. As Christina said, I'm the campus minister up at Georgetown College, 
uh, the Associate Dean for Student Life. I teach the ministry courses that we offer up there. Uh, if you're not familiar, Georgetown College is a small Christian liberal arts college. And so it's a Christian college. It's a place where we really take seriously faith formation. Uh, it's also a liberal arts college, so students come there. We don't uh, expect them to put their brain on the shelf for four years as they're studying and learning and uh, studying the sciences and asking the hard questions of faith and life and purpose. And so it's been a joy. This is my 17th year I'm getting ready to start. But it's been a joy to be able to walk with students in that place uh, for, for those years. And I'm really thankful to be here. So the scripture that, uh, to share with you this morning, uh, continuing on in the series uh, that, that Embrace has been doing, uh, uh, Luke chapter 12, we're going to start at verse 32, and we are going to roll through verse 40. Jesus says, do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give alms. Make purses for yourselves that do not wear out, an unfailing treasure in heaven, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Be dressed for action and have your lamps lit. Be like those who are waiting for their master to return from the wedding banquet so that they may open the door for him as soon as he comes and knocks. Blessed are those slaves whom the master finds alert when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will fasten his belt and have them sit down to eat and he will come and serve them. If he comes during the middle of the night or near dawn and finds them so, blessed are those slaves. But know this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. This is the word of God for you, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. God, we thank you for the gift of this Sabbath day, this time of rest and of abiding in you, of gathering together with our spiritual family, with our brothers and sisters in Christ, to share a meal together, to share spiritual food, and to remember to tell the stories of our family. I ask your blessing, Holy Spirit, over this time of proclamation. I pray that as the words of the gospel are shared, as, as the seeds of the gospel are spread, that your gospel would find our hearts to be good soil, soil that's been turned over, ready to receive your word, that it would bear fruit in our lives. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen. Amen. So, have you all seen the uh, new images over the course of the summer from the James Webb 
telescope uh, out in space. I feel like I was late coming to this, and like this was a big thing on the internet, and I just kind of missed it. But, uh, but over the last couple of weeks, I've been looking at these, and it's just been so amazing to see these things. I think we're going to have a couple of these uh, images up on the screen here in just a moment. Uh, the first one that I think is going to come up, yeah, Webb's first deep field. What's so cool about this is this is a slice. So in case you haven't seen any of these telescope images, these are so much better than the images that the old Hubble telescope has been giving us for the last couple of decades. Uh, uh, so much more crisp. There's infrared light here. This, this slide right here, what, what it says is this represents if someone were standing on Earth holding a grain of sand and holding it up looking at the sky like this, this slice of the universe is about what would be covered by that grain of sand if you were looking up at the sky. I just think that's so amazing. That's so wild. The next slide is, the, uh, is called the Carina Nebula. It's beautiful. Uh, it looks like uh, this landscape with mountains, right, and rivers. Uh, it's beautiful and valleys. This is uh, actually the edge of a nearby star-forming region. So there's regions where new stars are being made. That's so cool. This next one is called uh, Stefan's Quintet, which is five, a snapshot, an image of five galaxies. I mean, imagine that. A galaxy is a huge place, not a solar system, a galaxy. This is five galaxies uh, here in this image. Just blows my mind. And when we're looking at these images, you know, we're looking back in time. We're looking like earlier into the universe. I don't understand how all that works, but I just think it's amazing. And then this last one is called the Southern Ring Nebula. And it's approximately 2,500 light years away. Uh, these images are so beautiful. Uh, I, I really enjoy looking at these, and apparently a lot of other people, too, have, too, over the course of the summer. So what do these amazing images of deep space have to do with today's passage of Scripture from Luke? Well, in this passage, there are at least three extraordinary claims about what the Lord is like uh, that I'm happy to share with you today. In fact, that's the title of today's sermon is, is God is like what? God's like what? That's the title of today's sermon. So the first extraordinary claim has to do with these images. Christianity believes that God created all of that, like all of that deep space stuff, everything, out of love. Not out of necessity, but out of love. And so here's the extraordinary claim that I see in verse 32. Uh, verse 32 says, Do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So the extraordinary claim of Christianity is that the same God who created all of that that same God also has the capacity and the care and the interest to know you individually and personally. That's amazing. And, 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 and let me back up a step to show you how I got there. So before, if you want to understand verse 32, you actually got to step back for the, the previous passage. And maybe you all covered that last week. But in the previous passage, earlier in Luke 12, 22 through 30, uh, 31, Jesus is telling his disciples, he's like, listen, don't worry about what you'll eat. God will feed you. 
Don't worry about what you'll wear. God is going to clothe you. Look at the flowers in the field. God clothes them. Look at the birds in the air. God feeds them. God will take care of your basic provisions. So instead of worrying about that, do this. Strive for God's kingdom. Strive for the kingdom. And then everything you need will be added to you. So here's what's cool. God says, don't worry about your basic provision. God's got that. So don't worry. Strive for God's kingdom. Seek to follow God with every part of your life. Continually put yourself in the presence of God. And as you do, trust God. Because you're not going to earn the kingdom, it says, but God's going to give it to you. God will give you everything you need and even more than what you need. And verse 32 says, Do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Such good news. God isn't stingy with this. God is generous here. It's God's joy to provide for you. So that's the first extraordinary claim this morning, is that the God of the universe is also interested in your individual needs, is interested in you personally and wants to take care of you. Second extraordinary claim. Come down to uh, verse 37. Verse 37 reads, Blessed are those slaves whom the master finds alert when he comes. Truly I tell you, he will fasten his belt and have them sit down to eat, and he will come and serve them. Now Jesus is comparing himself here to a master, a, the, the Greek word is kurios, a lord, right, who comes back from a wedding banquet and he finds the servants, uh, the, the, the douloi, uh, there watching and waiting for him. Now, what's incredible about this, again, Christians believe that Jesus was a part of all of that creation, right? That, that Jesus is, is a part of all of that. Jesus is all-powerful, God with flesh on. But in this passage, Jesus compares himself to this master who comes home from this wedding banquet. And when he finds the servants paying attention and looking out for him, what does he do? He puts on the servant's belt, verse 37, he has them sit down to eat, to recline, and he comes and he serves them. The Lord serves the servants. I mean, it's extraordinary, this act of humbling yourself and of lifting others up, and we see this all over Scripture. It's in the Magnificat. Mary talks about this is what the Lord will do. Right? The rich will be sent away empty. The lowly will be lifted up. Here we see it. Jesus is, is self-emptying here and is willing to serve those uh, who are serving him. And what's amazing is that I think about in this world, I was trying to think of examples of this. I mean, when was the last time that you saw someone who was powerful in this world who, who, who kind of got down and was willing to serve those who were considered to be lower? Right? I mean, I don't see that on TikTok. I mean, I don't see that in the news. I don't see that on Facebook so much. But here we have this extraordinary claim of what God is like. God is like this Lord who serves the servants. And in doing so, lifts them up. It's incredible. 
Last thing, extraordinary claim three, and I'll close with this, of what God is like or what the Lord is like here. This is verses 39 and 40, the end of our passage. Jesus says, but know this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. So in these two verses, Jesus here compares himself, the Son of Man. Uh, Most Christians believe that Jesus was referring to himself when he's talking about the Son of Man here, who is going to come back later and restore all things. Jesus compares himself to a thief. I wasn't expecting that. He compares himself to a thief who's going to break into your home, into our houses, into our lives. And that's the thing. The good news here is that Jesus compares himself to a thief who comes in the middle of the night, but he's a good thief. Jesus is the good thief here. He wants to come and to break into your life, to break into your home, to break into your job, to break into your relationships, to break into your world. And yes, there are things that he wants to remove, things that he wants to steal away from your life. But the good news is that the things that Jesus wants to steal from your life are not the good things. The things that Jesus wants to steal from your life is the brokenness, the pain, the sense of purposelessness, the self-destructive habits, the doubt, the suspicion. Jesus wants to break into our lives and take those things from us. Now, in verse 39, Jesus says that uh, if we know the hour, if somebody knows the hour a thief is coming, we would not let him break into our home, right? I mean, that makes sense. If you knew that someone was coming to your house at 2 a.m. tonight, to break in. You somehow got word of that on the street. Uh, What would you do? I mean, you'd have your door locked. You'd be ready. Some folks would have shotguns ready to protect everything that's inside, to protect what's valuable, to protect your safety. And that makes sense. But the good news is that when Jesus wants to break into your life, uh, he he doesn't want to take the good things. Uh, He wants to take the the, the bad things out of our life. Uh, Have any of you all ever had your home broken into before? I have a couple times. Uh, when I was younger, it's a terrible feeling, isn't it? Having your home broken into, you feel so vulnerable. I'll never forget uh, one time, so I was in elementary school, and my mom was working the, uh, I guess she was working the night shift at the restaurant. She came to pick us up from the uh, babysitter. And then when we, so it must have been like 9, 10 o'clock at night. By the time we got home, as uh, me, my mom, and my little sister, she's four years younger than me, but my mom opened, unlocks the front door and opens it. In our townhouse, you could see the back door when you walked in the front door. And when she opened the front door, she noticed the back door was open. She knew she didn't leave the back door open. So immediately, she knew what was going on. We walked in. We saw that everything had been rifled through, and, and, and that was really scary. So, but we also had an upstairs. So mom went to the kitchen. She took the biggest kitchen knife that we had. And she turned to me and she said, follow me. Okay. <laughs> so 
I'll never forget this. So mom turns on the lights on the stairway. She's walking up the stairs with the butcher knife in front of her, and then me, and then my little sister behind her. Mom walks to the top of the steps, and she goes and flips all the lights on. She checks every bedroom under the beds, in the closet, behind the curtains, to make sure that the thieves weren't still there. Thankfully, they weren't. But I'll never forget that feeling of vulnerability that other people had broken into our space. And the worst thing of all for me as an elementary school kid, those thieves, they stole my entire bag of Halloween candy. I mean, come on. I'd work for hours to get that going door to door. Very frustrating. So Jesus wants to break into our hearts, into our lives. And again, I'll I'll close with this here. But our natural default setting is protectiveness and hesitancy, right? So here's the question I want to leave you with. When it comes to your posture towards Christ, are you willing to turn your security alarms off? Are you willing to turn off those things that that might keep Jesus out? And I understand some of us, we've been hurt so badly in our lives before that we've built up these like walls around our heart. We just don't want to let people in because we're afraid of getting hurt again. And I understand that. But the good news is, is that the thing that Jesus wants to steal out of your life is the thing that we too often, it's the thing we most want to protect. It's the old you. Our brokenness, the sins that we are so reluctant to let go of. Our pride. Jesus wants to replace those with a life of adventure. A a life of saying no to our old ways and of saying yes to the guidance of the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, which, if you will partner with the Spirit, will take you on adventures that you would have never dreamed of and and, and take you into relationships with people that you would never have imagined. So the invitation this morning is simple. Will you allow God's thief, God's good thief, to break into the fortress of protection that some of us have built around our hearts? Are you willing to be watchful and ready for God's thief, Jesus, to show up in your life and to allow him to break in? If so, I trust That as you partner with Jesus, as you invite him in, as you serve him and walk with him, that you will discover him to be not a ruthless master, but instead a a curios, a, a Lord who continually puts on his servant's belt and provides for you in ways that you would have never imagined, even as you walk with and serve him. Thanks be to God. And let us pray.
Thanks be to God. Yeah. <laughs> Praise. Praise you. Lord, we thank you uh, for just these extraordinary claims about what you're like, not what we would expect, not the kind of God we would invent. <laughs> thank you, Lord, for surprising us, for being a Lord who desires to show up in our life and, 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 and to change things, to transform us from the inside out. I pray for each of us, Lord, that whatever that is this morning, as we said earlier, whatever that thing is that we might need to lay down in order to more fully invite you in, that you would first bring that to our awareness and bring that to our mind and then help us, bless us with the courage to set down and to lay down whatever may be hindering us from a more faithful walk with you. It's in the name of Jesus Christ I ask and pray these things. Amen. Amen. together today. Oh, sorry. Surprised you there. We're going to take communion together this morning, like we do every week. In life where so much is unexpected, it's good to have something that we can hope for and look towards and set our expectations on. And that is for us in this community, coming to the communion table, coming and sharing this feast together. And I just really appreciate what Brian shared this morning about Jesus being this Lord who, who's going to provide the good things for us. Even though he comes unexpectedly, which he does that because we're so good at having our defenses up, right? But when somebody takes you by surprise, they slip under your defenses. And that's what he wants to do. But he's so good when he does it. And I, I think over and over again to myself, Jesus hasn't called us to do anything he hasn't already done himself. As we're called to lay stuff down this morning, as we're called to let him steal the bad things, Jesus has already laid down his everything. He stole from us the death that we were walking towards, the death that was our inheritance, right? He stole that from us. He laid everything down so that we could look to him as the Lord who holds us up. That's the paradox, right? We lay it down so we're held up. He's that good. And so as we share communion together this morning, as we come to the one thing we can expect to be constant, we know that we can find a good friend who understands the pain that we experience. Hebrews tells us he's had every temptation we have. He's laid everything down, you know, in, beyond what we have in ways we can't even imagine. We find a good friend, but we also find a good Lord who we can trust with our whole hearts, who is going to continue to be good to us as we continue to surrender and to partner with him. So we've already created space this morning to lay things down. If you want to continue to do that, if you want to take a posture this morning with your body, because our bodies are part of who we are and we can worship with them too, this altar is open. And you can come and you can kneel as part of your surrender. You can come and pray, or you can just sit here and let your body kneel, and let that be your prayer this morning. If you want somebody to pray with you, Pastor Tanya is at the back, and she is available to pray with you this morning. But we're just going to sing one last beautiful hymn together after we take communion that reminds us where we're really going to keep our gaze, on Jesus, this good Lord, this sweet friend. And before we do that, I just want to remind us that Jesus was gathered with his friends, the people he walked most closely with. 
on the night before he laid it all down and gave himself up for them. And he took the bread and he passed it around and he blessed it and he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. He says that to you now. This is my body broken for you. And then he took the cup and he passed it around. And he said, this is my blood poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. We have received him this morning. He is truly present to us. And let us fix our gaze where it belongs. Salvation. 
pray that the work he has begun in you, he will complete in you as he is faithful to do. I invite you to stand and prepare yourselves to receive the benediction. May the love of God the Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forevermore. Amen. Go in peace.